Welcome back, everybody, to The Snapshot. This is episode 29. Cam, let's just get right into it, because we're going to be talking about lists. We're going to talk about the recent changes. But as always, have to start off with your week in Marvel Snap, sir. My week in Marvel Snap can best be defined by this right here, Thanos, by mm. Thanos. He's back. It's, it's a throwback. It's throwback Thursday in the meta right now. Because people are playing Silver Surfer, people are playing Shuri, people are playing Thanos. We are going back in time. And I think some of that is just, I'll be honest, I think some of that is just an unwillingness to actually play Bounce. Mm. And some of that is that these are decks that generally match up well into Bounce. Like Silver Surfer, unless you really sell out against the Mirror, is good into Bounce, but it, it runs into trouble with, you know, some other matchups that were more recently tuned down. Like Silver Surfer, the big thing keeping it down was high evil lockjaw, right? Yeah. That matchup was basically not good and never would be good. And the idea with Silver Surfer now is mostly just maybe people won't play that anymore. (laughs) Maybe maybe people won't play that anymore. Maybe it'll be like B tier instead of A tier. And then we won't have to play it like five times every time we want to try to like make a conquest run or whatever, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the tournament, you see you saw a lot of like there were two silver surfers in the top eight of the stop snap battle arena. There were two Thanoses, a lot of and, and no high evolutionaries. Right. And personally, I don't know if that's down to people not playing high evolutionary or not building it correctly or what have you. But I do think that that was sort of the the pin in the metagame was mm. Evo and bounce were holding everything else down. And now that Evo is down, people are going to attack bounce in more unique ways. But like, honestly, they still need to nerf that shit. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Cause so you really, you had a question in the past metagame, which is what was actually constricting the meta? Was it the bounce deck or was it the Evo deck? And I think the bounce deck is the more powerful deck, but it is the more targetable, right? There are decks that just absolutely destroy bounce. Um, like you talked about with the surfer deck and potentially this. You know, Thanos maybe having equity with the Killmonger, maybe you still play a little bit of lane control. Um, I'm not sure. But I think you're a little off base, actually. Mm-hmm. I think you're saying that because it was the one that was changed. But if they changed bounce, we would have found better ways to target high Evo, too. Like it was simpatico, right? You couldn't target both at the same time unless you ran the very specific Invisible Woman Killmonger Shang-Chi package. That was the only thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And it took us like, what, a month to figure that out? Yeah, <laughs> it took a long time. I'm thinking about starting a new section on the snapshot, and it's going to be specifically mm. for these big vocabulary words that you use that I don't know. So I don't have a name for Which it. Which one yet. was that? Well, I, don't even, I don't even remember the word. I need the definition Simpatico? of sim- simpatico. Uh, when I say it in that context, what I'm saying is like the two decks fed off of each other. Mm. They, I, I guess you could also say uh, it was a symbiotic relationship. Mm. Okay. You know that one because they use that one in Marvel. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like the, they they fed off of each other. They went together in the sense that it was very hard for you to beat one of them without losing to the other. And so when well, like, yeah, of course, they changed one and then that changed. But I don't think you can say that that means that high Evo was the thing holding the metagame back. because I just don't think that's true. It is still bounce because what bounce walls off is. Yeah, basically any other deck attempting to win with points definitely that isn't doing Invisible Woman Killmonger, 
right? Like it, it walls that off entirely, right? You look at the Silver Surfer decks, either Invisible Woman, Killmonger, or full lane control. And both of those are because of bounce. You're either running Storm, Spider-Man, or Invisible Woman, Killmonger, or both because you're a psycho. And you're hard farming bounce, right? And then you're losing to Evo. But by the by the same token, there are so many decks that could beat Evo that absolutely can't even begin to try because they just do what bounce does, but get trashed by it. Yeah. And like that is, I think bounce is the larger offender for me in terms of the amount of archetypes it prevents from even one me even wanting to investigate. Okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think I may, what I said may have not reflected what I thought. So there's one thing I want to pick up that you said, which is they still need to nerf that shit. You eloquently, eloquently said that. So where do you think bounce is in the metagame? Is it still the objective best deck, even if people yes. are targeting? Okay. And why do you think they didn't, why did you think second dinner didn't hit bounce on this nerf? I am going to try to answer that question without breaking an NDA. So, okay. Oh God, how do I phrase this? My suspicion <laughs> suspicion is that they don't and like this is more or less confirmed by Glenn in a couple of statements that he's made. So I just don't want to speak out of turn. Right. But my suspicion is that they don't really look at patches as a way to balance things. The patches are locked in way before mm-hmm. they can't respond to metagames with a full patch. That's just not how it goes. The patch. I think they said this one was actually locked in for like four weeks ahead, which is ridiculous. So what the patches are for is for changing card functionality to give them more knobs to turn, right? And then hopefully if they do that properly, they can turn those knobs in the OTAs because the OTAs are more able to react to right now. So when you look at what they did with Evo, that's the kind of thing like, all right, these are the knobs we can only turn in a patch. We Because of localization, we can't just change the numbers on Wasp because different like languages use different ways to describe what she does and not all of them are just you can change a number and it makes perfect sense right some of them will like that'll mess it up that's how we're going to change hulk we're going to just change what he does entirely keep the theme the same but change what he's actually doing right and so when you look at like the otas they're going to be in that vein uh or it's not the otas the patches Patches. are going to be like that the otas are going to be like all right this deck's a little too good let's hit the numbers on it. And fundamentally, I think that is actually the appropriate way of dealing with bounce, because if bounce were to get patched, I think that would mean functional changes to cards like Kitty Pride, Hit Monkey, Bast, mm-hmm. Beast, any of those, right? Functional changes. And that's not what we want. We want them to be the same, just do less numbers. That's what the, the fundamental problem with a deck like bounce is just, damn, that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of numbers. And I know people are going to be like, oh, well, yeah, bounce lost in the snap battle arena. And it was like, OK, that bounce deck that lost in snap battle arena would have won if it had been playing Jeff instead of Falcon. And I know for a fact, because I test with the person who was playing it, that the reason they were playing Falcon instead of Jeff is they don't own Jeff. <laughs> that is unironically true. Shout out to Leandro Leal, who went seven and zero in the uh swiss of the tournament with bounce and only lost in the finals to uh w who won with thanos and absolutely in that matchup 
Jeff makes Falcon look like trash because that is, of course, a Professor X deck, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think I think there's nothing at this point that can convince me that like any of the iterations of Bounce are a bad idea, even if like, oh, the Silver Surfer matchup is bad, right? And then you look at like, okay, you have like the Lambie series build of Silver Surfer, which is teching against other Silver Surfers, which means if they don't Invisible Woman Killmonger me, or even sometimes if they do, I'm pretty comfortable in that matchup, right? Like, basically what happens is everyone's like, oh, a new toy. Let's tech to beat the mirror of the new toy. And then when they do that, they lose the bounce again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that like two weeks ago, uh, at, at least with 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 Lambie, because we were we were theorycrafting um, the, the surfer deck at that time. And it was just like, OK, the more cards we add in here to make this a functional deck, it's like we get away from the thesis of beating bounce. And it's mm-hmm. like, why are we playing this deck? Um, how, what do you what do you what do you think about eat? do you have any juice left in you to try to brew with Evo anymore? Has it been knocked down enough of a peg where you're just like, I'm going to leave that alone for now. Cause like you mentioned, there wasn't any in the top eight, but that might not be hundred percent reflective of its current power level in the meta. I personally believe a pretty decent amount in Evo lockjaw right now. Uh, but I do think you are like pretty much obligated to run something like spider ham mm-hmm. in that early slot. Uh, I, I, I am a big fan of my current build of the list actually with the spider ham and the Dracula in it. Cause it just gives you so much like these are all these decks that are trying to do like, Oh, I'm going to play storm and beat you that way. And it's like, no, you're not. I'm going to put a Dracula there. <laughs> like, like one of the advantages that, uh, the Lockjaw deck has is it's quite powerful, uh, with one card in a location, right? And so, like, there's a bunch of people messing around with, like, Jean Grey or whatever. And it's like, well, I play a bunch of zero-cost cards. I don't care about that card at all. And I think the Lockjaw deck right now has gone to underrated. But it's possible that it's just not that good anymore. I I personally find it a little bit hard to believe. Whereas with Lockdown, I actually do believe that that one has been a little bit eclipsed. Mm -hmm. On the grounds of Thanos is doing what Lockdown does, but a little bit more flexibly right if you want to play a deck that's like deterministically winning stuff turn four profits turn five spider-man will do it right and thanos gets to do that with a lot more flexibility thanks to the stones a lot more like snap equity because of the stones i think and a lot more just ability to bs your way out of bad situations than evo lockjaw or than evo lockdown has so i think the lockdown deck i actually am a little down on Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other things in that vein like if you want to beat up bounce you can play surfer right if you want to play storm and spider-man you can play surfer if you want to play a different lockdown deck you can play thanos right there are other things in that lane whereas i'm not actually sure there's anything else in the lockjaw lane like mm-hmm. i i kind of think that deck still has a lot of juice in it if you are building it correctly um that said i understand why people wouldn't want to play it after the nerf like it's yeah. just kind of a little bit boring right <laughs> just a, just a little bit boring yeah, I think that uh, at least pre-nerf, the sort of power output between bounce and um, and this high of a lockjaw jack, like it was a pretty thin margin already. Uh, not yeah, you know, not not bounce acknowledging was, tech cards that swung that matchup, but so. I mean, bounce was a good deck because it beat that deck. Yeah, exactly. So once they knock it down a peg, it's like oh, maybe bounce is kind of doing it better. Uh, but you can't you can't get that lockjaw experience anywhere else. I mean, some people might legitimately just enjoy that type of deck. It's a, it's a, it's a unique expression. All right. Well, let's, let's actually, before we get to the patch notes, let's talk about the hmm. 
card acquisition update. Um, I saw a little post by uh, KM Best on Twitter that you were able, you got um, sort of early news on where to open the caches. I didn't get early news. I didn't get shit. I just didn't update my thing until people had already done it. Mm hmm. I, th- there's no like collusion here. Did, did people accuse happened, you of collusion? I didn't know it was sensitive. No, I, I it's was just like the like, way you said that sounded like you were accusing me of collusion. No, early no, info. No, I didn't no, get no, early no, info. No, no. I just waited. No, no, no. I mean, I was able to figure out about. I this will. S- I will tell you this. Of it. <laughs> I will tell you this. This might be breaking an NDA. Uh, we totally asked if they could disclose it, and they were like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> like, <laughs> we totally asked if they would tell us where uh the 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 locations were on the track and they were like we are not gonna help you double dip this <laughs> so I, I do want to say this just to get it out of there so like if anyone wants to like accuse like this of being related to like any inside information we got i can promise you that it's not i can promise you they didn't want this to happen <laughs> but uh what we, we we eventually realized like all right as long as we wait for one person to update and confirm where they are as long as enough people confirm where the caches are we should be able to open around them. And honestly, the only reason I tweeted about it was because like, look, if I do it and I don't tell people about it, I kind of feel like I'm robbing them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For the people that like, don't, it's like, for the people that don't know, why would you want to open around it before updating? Because there are significantly more tokens, gold and credits in the pre spotlight cash. Res- uh, collectors caches mm-hmm. and reserves, right? So what I did was I I believe I was I, I, I actually I don't want to name any names, but I mean, they're, they're going on the list anyway, according to Tucker, <laughs> uh, a friend of mine show posted like, hey, this is where they all are. Uh, it's any reserve that ends in zero on the right side of your track. If you just open anything but that. You're good to go. And then I saw the spreadsheet made by Browde and I was like, oh, that makes sense. OK. And then I opened around it and updated and it worked. And I was like, okay, I have to tweet this out because otherwise it actually is that like suspicious crap, right? Like, oh yeah, I opened around it, but you plebs don't get it. That feels, that feels wrong to me. So I, I tweeted out what I did and I mean, honestly, I didn't expect it to be a thing. I just thought it was like, Hey, y'all should probably know that this is a thing that they can do that you can do and get the most value out of your money. And then like someone went on the official discord and was like, will there be any reparations? (laughs) Hell of a word for those who did not do this or punishment for those who did. And first of all, to that person, I would like to say, um, you are the police. Second of all, uh, I think it does sort of suck. Like, I get where they're coming from. Like, yeah. look at all these other people that are getting free stuff that they didn't get. If you're not, it's like, I just, not, I don't understand. If you're not serially yeah, if you're online, not, if you're not on Twitter, yeah. then like, yeah, you're going to get juiced by this. But that yeah. that is honestly how Marvel Snap works. There's so many quirky things um, regarding the collection track. Actually, just regarding that you can. Whatever you had written down, fuck it. We're just going to talk about this for 45 minutes. I'm actually <laughs> serious about this because, like, I've been trying to, like, I've been trying to get my thoughts straight about this for like honestly three or four days because there's so much going on that I just don't really in terms of how the community is reacting to things in terms of like, I see so much shit that's like I opened my one cash and I got something terrible it's like you fucking 
idiot. You don't open one cash. You open four. You did. <clears throat> so I, I like it's so fucking frustrating. And I think I talked about this before. How I was like, the new system gives you the ability to be dumb. Mm-hmm. But I severely fucking underestimated how many people were going to take advantage of the ability to be dumb. I severely underestimated how many people were going to just be like, I've got two caches. Let's see if I can get Gene Gray. Don't fucking do that. Don't do that. And it kills me because like, it's like on the one hand, I'm like, you have all the tools you need to not get super fucking punished by the system. Mm. If you think of each cache as roughly the equivalent of 1500 tokens under the old system, you just, just, just wait till you have 6,000. There, there's like the FOMO effect, right? There's like people are going to want to roll. I saw someone who was like, yeah, I rolled three caches and didn't get Gene Gray. And it's like half of me is like, you're a fucking idiot for doing that. And the other half is like, I mean, that's kind of what the system is designed to do. It wants you to spend your resources. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know where to allocate the blame here because half of me is like, you have every resource you need. You have every you, you don't even need me to tell you. You just have to think critically about this. If you want to guarantee that you get a card and you have a 25 percent chance at it and you can guarantee it by saving four, you should fucking save four. So it's yeah. not even like a so, question of this needing to be spelled out to you. Can you but, ex- can you explain for maybe people that get lost? Like, what is the actual optimal way to do this? And you're, you're partitioning it based off the weeks, right? It rotates. There's yes. a new set of cards. So you need to save up effectively enough to up open all of the cards for that week, right? And then you're guaranteed your Gene Gray rather than trying yes. to randomize it and getting the the good variant, right? There's a variant in there. Um, I think it's- Okay, e- yeah. Yeah. First of all, don't roll for variants. Don't be stupid. Second of all- Wait, when you say don't roll for variants, are you talking about on the collection track, you're talking about the new variant rolling thing in the shop? Either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either. Don't do either of those things. Uh, but like, you need to understand that like every business- This is a system that is built to part you from your money Mm -hmm. and not always in optimal ways for you. And that means it's like to my mind, it's very simple to understand. If you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you can lose a coin flip and not get the card you want, Mm -hmm. you need to save up four caches and you need to think of these caches as roughly equivalent to the tokens on the previous system. And once you do that, the system gets so much goddamn better. All right. Yeah. If you consider if you consider four caches as equivalent to six thousand tokens under the old system, you're seeing so much more for those six thousand tokens. Right. Because that's actually what this is. Right. You get about six thousand tokens in 40 boxes under the old system. If you spent your gold that you got on Token Tuesdays. Right. Yeah. You get about six thousand. You'd get one series five card. I will say I have a lot of sympathy for the people who are like, well, yeah, but if they kept downgrading stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you end up with more stuff. I think that's actually true. I'm one of those people and like this is incentivizing. I think that's me actually to, true. It's incentivizing me to spend every week. I don't really want to do that, but it's right. optimal. It's 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 disgustingly optimal. Like, it feels like you have to do it, right? You have to get you have to clear out the, the weekly cash if you want. What are you talking about? Why do you feel like that? I haven't opened a single one of these things. You haven't opened a single cash? No. Why would I? I it's know. fucking the living tribunal. Are you joking? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't understand the full circle. Like when it, when living tribunal comes back, am I be able, am I going to be able Who to cares? get it for the same price? You have, don't you have 50,000 tokens? Well, 50,000 would be a lot. I only have 25,000. 
Who cares? <laughs> Like, like this is my whole thing. I hear so many complaints about this system from like people who have just infinite amounts of stuff. Yeah, but it's value. like, why are you good? This doesn't matter to you. <laughs> like, I need my, I need my value, nothing. right? I, this changes nothing. You're out here like, I feel like I have to spend every month. You can get every card for the next month easily mm. and just build up a set of caches. Yeah, I don't even think I want any of the cards this month. Like, there's so much. Like, like. I cannot emphasize enough how much this system rewards you for being smart and punishes you for being stupid. Mm -hmm. So you should, and like, let's I say you don't want any of the cards this week, right? You just save those caches, save yes. four unopened caches, and as soon as it rotates, it doesn't snapshot. So it's not snapshotting the previous week when you unlock them. Correct. You open them in the correct week, right? And right. you must have you want that. the four so you don't gamble. Right, but, like, it's actually good that it's this month. Because this month has a bunch of super mid cards. <laughs> like, I could be wrong. Yeah, but like, I mean, this month has that, a bunch of caches. Dude, I this one has a Shadow King came out. I was like, this card looks kind of cool. I got flamed in the YouTube comments. And what do you know? Shadow King's not so bad. May have, may have been a little tweak or change in there. Somewhere. I feel like you're you're trolling me no. specifically by saying that. I'm not trolling. That's a hundred. I'm We're about to go on another tangent. I, I sincerely hate. When people are like, yo, I told you this was true in totally different context. Totally like a, a different a different card. Yes. Like they're like, yo, I told you Shadow King was good three months ago when it was fucking terrible. You were wrong then. <laughs> and you thinking that makes you wrong now. God damn it. No, I think that there's um so it's just in relation to like getting the cards while they're here, right? It's like, will that be good in the future? Do I need to add it? It's like when am I gonna be when am I gonna have the chance to get Living Tribunal again? Am I gonna have to spend a disgusting amount of tokens on him? You know, is it gonna be It's changed? not a disgusting amount of tokens? You have twenty five thousand, Brendan. Well, assuming it's not me, right? Assuming someone else. Because I also, I, someone else, I also have. You a should different... never spend any resources yeah. on a living tribunal. I'll be careful about my boy, man. You're gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> I actually, I actually lost to a living tribunal. Like there, like I, I, I will say, I got completely fucking rolled by a living tribunal deck with a Thanos deck that won a tournament because it turns out being a Professor X Spider-Man deck is mm. actually fucking terrible into a deck that just like plays a card that says, hey, you know how you won that lane by three points? Actually, you did not win that lane by three points. <laughs> yeah, I will give the Living Tribunal that. That's pretty dope. Yeah, so that's how the system works. For people that for people that don't know, and I think some people are going to be listening to this like, maybe they still don't understand how they're going to get juiced. The way you get juiced is that you have maybe one cash, you want just Gene Grey, there's a couple other options, and you open the one cash gamble for it. What you should really do is you should wait for a week where you do want a specific card, save up enough caches for that week, and open all four, guarantee you get all the rewards for that week. If you don't do that, then yeah, you probably get burned by the system. Um, I mean, maybe you won't, but like, here's the thing, right? Yeah, maybe you'll get lucky. If you're, if you're in that situation, you have your four caches and you open it early. Keep this in mind. Stop. Stop opening when you get the stuff you want. I feel like the system, the way they want it to make money mm. is just by making the process of rolling really fun. Right. And you need to understand that. Under the old system, like right now, when you have three boxes, you would have had about forty five hundred tokens, right? Yeah, you couldn't be stupid with those forty five hundred tokens. You had to save till you got six thousand. But now you can be stupid and the game wants you to be stupid. So you need to not be stupid. Wait till you get your six thousand and get the goddamn card you want. 
I want to circle back on the point of people being annoyed because they weren't privy to this information and they didn't get to take advantage of it, uh, be, being able to open early. And I understand the irritation because, I mean, who wants to sit on Twitter all day and get these, like, it, it's not fun. But nope. in Marvel Snap, there's been so many things that work that way where it's like the information is not given out to you by second dinner. Sure, shit is not in the app. They don't tell you in a little news section that you can save your spotlight caches and they're not going to be snapshotted and all this. And then we figure out a few hours before. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. The system is pretty quirky. I mean, I remember months and months ago at this point, they told us it was like, you won't be able to save up caches in the future. It's like, okay. <laughs> When is that yeah, now happen? their whole system is saving up caches. Yeah, yeah, it's the entire system. If you couldn't save up caches, let me ask you a question. If they fix that, do you think the system will be annoying? Oh, or do you just save oh. credits? Do you just save credits no, instead? No, dude, if they, if, they, if they actually make it so I can't save spotlight caches, I straight up think that would ruin the system beyond any, like, rep- any ability to repair itself. Mm, based like, off past rhetoric, I think that's the end goal, though. I think that would be psychotic. That's the honest answer. Like if you if you say you can only save four spotlight caches, what you're effectively saying is uh, you are not allowed to be smart with your purchases. Mm. What if you're allowed to save none? Right. Like they snapshot on the week that you unlock them. Right. So the upgrade cards, all you can do is actually save all. The only thing you can save is credits, which has a cap. That would be how that system works. Right. Because you can't you can't. That would be honest to God. Like I am not. I really dislike all the hyper hyperbole about like oh you know oh, oh uh, my numbers are down on Twitch oh people just aren't interested anymore oh the economy is driving I, I hate that but if they made a change like that I'd be one of those guys yeah yeah I mean I'm I I honestly wonder that if they just have not had the technology to change that because they said that was the goal a long long time ago and they've been saying that. Because it always feels like a bug, you know. It's always like a bug. The fact that you can save your snap, your your spotlight caches, and it feels like it's gonna. Be- I will say, mm-hmm. I think there's two things they need to do in the current system. Like I, I think the current system is mostly good, but there's like two situations where it absolutely falls apart. Right. Okay. Here is number one. Number one is where or when the size of series four and series five bloats. Suddenly, there's going to be a very it's going to be a very long time between cards, right? If we go a couple months without actual series mm. downgrades, right? Suddenly, series four and series five, they're going to have eight, 12 more cards in them. Yeah. Yeah. Horrifying. So you're Horrifying. talking about like the weekly rotation might not come back to the card you want for like right. a month or so. OK, plus month more plus. than a month. Yes. Long time. More than a month, like two months, three months. We're talking like a long, 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 long time. Right. And so we eventually end up in a situation where this also affects like because there are only so many cards and your rate of acquiring them is roughly static right Mm -hmm. the more and more cards they release they're always going to release more cards than you can buy you always get further and further from a full collection unless cards are downgrading into series three right so dystopian pitch i don't know when you say that my heart just sinks (laughs) the more cards they release without downgrades the larger series four and series five gets the closer it gets to being worse than the old system, right? Right now, I think it's better, as long as you aren't an idiot. Uh, Big, big asterisk there. Don't be an idiot about this. It is better for you. But assuming that you aren't an idiot, the more and more stuff they release, the worse it actually does get if they don't downgrade stuff out, right? And so... 
that is because you, you end up getting further and further and further from having a full collection just by definition. And there ends up being more and more time between when a card comes back on what I will, I guess, call the gotcha banners. Yeah. Then there was previously the system gets worse and worse and worse for everyone. The more cards are in series four and series five, no mm. matter what. So so that's number one, right? Skip, number two scalability. Not great, maybe. Yes. Number two is. And to be clear, they can manage number one by just like doing some downgrades. It's not that hard, right? Like they can manage number one pretty, pretty easily, honestly. The second major pain point is I think they overdid it on removing tokens, right? And the first way I think they overdid it was going uh, from fi opening 50 tokens just sucks for everyone opening them. Mm. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter to me. I've got effectively infinite resources in this game. I don't really care. But I see that complaint all the time and I get it right. Like if you were actually like trying to get a new card, it'd be like, oh, my God, I need to open 50 tokens. Like I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting one new card a month and otherwise I have to only participate in this new system. And the reason I talk about that is because this ties into one. The longer you have to wait between cards on the spotlight caches, the more important it may become to you and your experience to be able to get that card anyway. If you have to wait two months for Hitmonkey to show up in the cache, or you can buy it now for 6K. That's that's like an actual thing, right? Yeah. If otherwise you'd be gated off this card for God knows how long. It's in the 6K and, you know, I think a lot of maybe people listening, even myself, like my perception and value of 6,000 tokens is not the current value of 6,000 tokens. They have become more value per token, right? Because you open less. And the, and the token well, Tuesday as well is, is it's worse. It's like a worse value, right? Than it used to be. Right. And I assume that change was made in preparation for this de-emphasizing tokens generally, but I think they did it too much. So my, my proposal ties into, I guess, what we'll call the third pain point here. And it is that the fourth slot in every box is absolutely terrible. Yeah. I thought it would be terrible and it's worse than I thought it would be. Uh, and, and like variant, e right? even premium mystery variant, which is 800 gold, right? So you get new cards or 800 gold. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. That shit is in the shop for 800 gold. And they're like, yeah, you can get that. It's it's a, an you know, enormous drop off. If it were me, I would say, I don't know. Let's put a thousand tokens in there. People are asking for like two or three thousand. I think honestly, with the new system, that would probably make it a little too easy to be entirely free to play full collection. Uh, someone in my discord did the math when I brought it up earlier and they said like a free to play player with getting a thousand tokens as the fallback slot would be able to maintain roughly 94 percent collection complete, which is, as I understand it, about where I'm at. I'm missing Howard and the Living Tribunal. Uh, maybe not about where I'm at. I'd probably be like missing like three or four or five more cards. Right. Yeah. But it's like a pretty damn close. You can be an absolutely fully competitive player on that. That's just with a thousand. Right. So if they made it like 2000 or saying it would probably be like you could basically just have a full collection if you got 2000 tokens. It's the fallback. Right. Mm. But I think 1000 is actually just like I think that's fine. Personally, especially when you take into account all the people that are going to be dumb about this. Yeah. 
What do you think about this system potentially increasing the barrier to entry to the game? Because like you said, as Series 5 expands um, and as people, you talked about people not participating in the system and being punished because of the the sort of bloat at Series 5, but people that aren't mm-hmm. playing the game yet are inherently not participating in the system. Is this system just increasing the barrier to entry? I don't know. I think it's less increasing the barrier to entry and more increasing the punish for when you are dumb about it right right you get so punished if you open less than four caches in a week you get so pun or you have the the chance to get so punished right and so just raising that downside i think would be significant as well right you know i also think that hmm I was just thinking I, I was, I, that there's definitely people out there. Um, I, I'm not sure how many people, because you kind of have to be maybe wailing to be in this scenario, but there's people out there that are very insulated away from places like Twitter or, you know, like a news site or something like that. They might open five caches or six caches in a week. Right? Don't do they that just either. Open the caches that they get from upgrading their cards because they like, the, you know, they're going for an inked variant or a gold variant and, you know, you progress your collection as a result. The system doesn't say in a big, you know, big flashing red sign, hey, don't do that. It's a complete waste. All right. But like, here's the thing. The system doesn't tell you how to get good at the game either, right? You're going to be you're going to have an advantage over a normal player if you're plugged in enough on Twitter to find like top net decks to play. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have an advantage over a normal player because of all the content creators who are showing you what you can do if you listen to this podcast, probably right. Like. There are a ton of things that give you advantage over other players just by you being plugged into them. Knowledge is power, right? You are and like, I I guess I guess. There is a bit of a difference here, but it's like it's like someone buying something full price and then getting mad that other people got it on the sale, Mm. you know, like and I get it. It's a frustrating thing i hate feeling like i'm being taken advantage of in that situation makes you feel like you're being taken advantage of but i just don't know if i guess i just sort of feel like the discourse around the game has degraded to such a degree Mm. that it makes it hard to participate in in good faith because i could see that people are just using the most hyperbolic versions of every argument. There's no room for nuance. Like you, you see what I did there, as I say, like, you know, I disagree, but I understand where you're coming from because it doesn't feel good to feel like you're being taken advantage of in this situation that makes you feel like you're being taken advantage of. Right. Yeah. And I it mean, doesn't feel like that is ever applied to anyone on the Internet, I guess, where it's like, like if you go on like the front page of Reddit, it's like they're laughing in our faces with a screenshot of 50 tokens. Right. And it's like, Okay, that's funny. First of all, it's like it's good. It's a good joke. But like, second of all, it's like, how do you expect to have a conversation with someone if that is your tone always? You are tackling a modern, a modern and all-encompassing issue with polarizing opinions and lack of nuance and middle ground. I mean, that is just how it's going to be. But I understand, right? On the internet and especially on Twitter, you can you see the general progression of. Uh, community discussion sometimes trend negative. And I think that's because we've, it's not as, I don't know, it's not as exciting and as new and as attention grabbing to talk about how the reason we play Marvel Snap is because it's the best card game out there right now. You know, we, we talked about that. We talked about that 
a year ago or you know six months ago that was that was on everybody's mind but now it's just this we have card acquisition chain after card acquisition change and i think people are hopping on that bad bandwagon one thing i think that second dinner does that doesn't help them is that they make these things a bit convoluted i understand the system is not that complicated but you know, giving no, no, be- no, 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 no. The system is extremely fucking complicated, and it's that way by design to trick you into bad decisions. Yeah, and that's think- what having all these currencies means. The system is: you have gold, you have tokens, you have normal caches, spotlight caches, you have <laughs> uh, credits, you have boosters. All of those are there to distract you from what the actual value of money is. Right? When I was talking about premium mystery variants, I was like, okay, how much is eight hundred gold? Right. I don't actually know when I click this button how much I'm spending on this variant, right? I actually have no idea, right? And that's the goal. The goal is obfuscation of your, and like like the obfuscation of the amount of money you're spending on the game, right? That's the point of having all these multiple currency systems. That is how any number of mobile games work, right? Like that is a, a fundamental tenet Probably of the design of basically every mobile game. You look at Hearthstone, you look at Magic. Any game that is coming out in the modern day feels like it has multiple currencies. And the reason for that is to distract you from the amount you're actually spending. Right. So if we just accept that as a given. Fine, but we do have to mention that it is actually kind of needlessly complex. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. And my argument is like that doesn't really do them favors. Like they come out with a new system and they're like, hey, great new system that's going to help you. And then a bunch of people get fucked because they didn't get the news earlier. They opened too many caches and now they're confused. And it's like, you know, that the lack of transparency there or just the creation of a system that's maybe inherently too complex, you know, that hurts your user base. It's like maybe that Uh, part was not the step in. in I don't. I don't think it's too complex, man. Like, I I think this is. Don't be dumb. If you want a card, don't gamble on getting a card. This is so, so simple. There is a reason that they have the four cash limit on it, right? Like, if you only want one good outcome, don't take a 25% chance at it. Take the 100% chance at it. Yeah. And I just. I have sympathy for people who did that in the abstract sense where it's like, I know that feels bad, right? But you should know better. You should. You should sincerely know better. And 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 I I hope that if you're listening to this, you do know better and you're not going to be one of those people. Well, they definitely know better now. We've uh, we, <laughs> I think we come, you know, we covered how to not make that mistake. That's the thing is once you once you have the knowledge, you're good. And I think if you want that knowledge earlier than you're potentially getting it right now, just go on Twitter. I mean, it's always on Twitter. It's not even like go on Twitter. It's just like use 10 ounces of critical thinking. Huh? Well, I could gamble on this or I could wait to see if I actually want the car. Like, uh, that's another thing, by the way. People ask really early in the week. Hey, should I use my caches on Jean Grey? The answer is always going to be wait till Sunday. The more knowledge you have about whether or not this card is good, what kind of decks it go in, what things you want to do with it, the answer is always, always, always wait as long as you possibly can. Yeah. You always, 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 always wait as long as you can. You take as much time as you can to make the decision. You do not make a knee-jerk decision because, again, these resources are precious. You are spending a lot of money when you click those buttons. And Mm -hmm. as much as the game tries to act like you're not spending money, you need to know, hey, I need to be smart about my purchases. Do not just go online and buy like when you when you go buy something else, 
you do not just immediately buy the highest priced thing you can find. You go and look for alternatives. You find something that might be a little bit better. You go look for a sale. You do any of those things, right? And frankly, if you are the kind of person that just like buys the most highest price anything, you probably don't have to worry about this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. I have a question though. Where? How does someone truly find out if a card is good enough, even by that Sunday? Because uh, sort of level with me here, right? I'm a newer mm. player. I'm ranked 60 or something like that. You know, I, I play casually, like extremely casual, maybe every time I use the toilet. And I will you know, occasionally scroll YouTube. I'm scrolling YouTube on that Saturday night, on that Sunday morning. And there's you know, five content creators saying Jean Grey is the most broken card in the game. Like, how do I know if a card is that good? Shit. I know, but that is how YouTube works, right? How do you know if a card, like if you're a newer player, maybe you're not as connected on the internet, you're not on Twitter, things like that. How do you actually evaluate if a card is good or not and is worth your money? That sucks. I, it's why I don't do that for a lot of cards. Like, it's why it's why I put not good on the thumbnail for my phoenix force not review good. it's why yeah. I, yeah literally it's just not good and then a picture of the do, do you know that do you have the image of the mets fan doing the thumbs down uh, that's that's what that's what my thumbnail was for for the phoenix force thing for gene gray it was like you know this card is fine but probably not a 6k card and like if you'd watched my content like people were asking like i would spend here's, here's the thing i think i'd spend one cash on gene gray i wouldn't spend four and mm. Fundamentally, you need to be prepared to spend for if you want to buy any of this. So that's that's really what it is. But I think, honestly, that you can tell when a card is good because like creators will use uh, euphemisms, right? Yeah. I've called I've used the word busted in one YouTube video ever. It was my YouTube video about the bounce deck. One ever. I've been releasing content on YouTube since about January. I have called the deck busted once. And I get that that's not everybody. But you can tell when there's some weight behind it. Mm -hmm. You know? One time I've been, this deck is busted. One time ever. And I think... And you know, the funny part is, like, on that video, I got complaints. Like, I hate when creators call the deck busted. It's like, dog, I don't know what to tell you. This we, deck actually is busted. Well, <laughs> like, one quick one quick anecdote. You and I did a video on the Patriot deck, and it was a good deck. And then uh, so many of the YouTube comments were like, I lost. I lost six cubes with this. Go kill yourself. You're like, what? What? What are you doing? <laughs> I, like, I never understand. I never understand the people that, like, tell me I did not have success with this deck. Like, what do you want me to do? Help you? I don't know how to help you. But it's always very tough, like, well, not always, but occasionally it's extremely toxic as well. It's like, geez, <laughs> I lost six cues with it. And then, like, it's immediately winning tournaments. I don't know. I just think that, like, it's usually pretty easy to tell what's truly game breaking, what's truly mm. elite. Right? I think if you follow the the right players, like if you follow people, um, you know, like Lambie, like yourself, like people that. You know, take these decks into conquest mode, and we talk about conquest mode being a better litmus test for power level than you know ladder. Then you will be able to read between the lines. But it is, like you said, it is unfortunate, especially if your information sparse. You know, you know just scrolling your YouTube feed occasionally, you're seeing that. But uh, at the end of the day, you have to. You're making a, like you said, Cam, a big decision when you're purchasing a card like that. And you need to do, you need to do your due diligence because six K tokens. I'm pretty sure it's equivalent to a hundred, a little over a hundred dollars. A lot of money. Yeah, about a hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. Dollars. All right, Cam, 
do you want to dig into some decks real quick before we end for the sure. week? All right. Yeah, so no, top I'm good for decks. Also, we, we didn't talk about the actual, uh, the actual patch notes. Well, they hit Wasp and they hit Hulk, which are the mo- those are the most important ones because that's what's affecting High Evo. Wasp now says affect a random enemy card rather than two random. Wait, and- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you think I'm off base with any of my economy takes? Any? Of- I've been trying to like put my put my put them into like where I want to do a video on this. But I don't know how to talk about it. So I think that like, I think everything is spot on, but it might, you might, uh, you might not have your intended effect when you use the title idiots for people that maybe made a mistake, right? <laughs> <laughs> they might, that might be a little bit of a turn yes. off for them. We're like, wow, no, I, I messed sure up. I didn't true. get my card. Like, and it's like, stupid. let's, let's see if KM can tell me. And he's like, you're an idiot. You're like, great. <laughs> well, I mean, I just like, I just feel like. God, I don't know. It Gambling is... is just awful. <laughs> um, gambling really sucks. This is very pseudo gambling, though. That's the thing. Is like it's, it's not really it's gambling. pseudo gambling. You don't like gambling. Really sucks. Opt out of gambling at every chance you can. Yeah, that's my pitch. Right. Open, open the caches together. Yeah, but it's also just like don't fucking gamble and then go on Twitter and be like, I lost gambling. That's how that works. You could also right. you could also win though, and then you get to feel something. You get to be alive. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's no, all it's about those twenty five percenters. Every single week, I hate it. Every single week, second so dinner much. gives me another twenty five percenter to take. I love it. I love the new system. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a wasp. The Hulk change. What you talk about? A um, couple others we do need to talk about. Though. Gambit was a three one. Is now a three three. Um, now must now must discard a card to destroy anything. That's just. You know, sort of subtext. Nokia, which was a 3-2, uh, is now a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, by the way, the text on game aside to read it is unrevealed, discard a card from your hand, destroy a random enemy card. Nokia used to be give the two leftmost cards in your hand two power. Now it's a 3-3 three, three and it says unreveal, give all cards in your hand plus one power. Um, we already got your thoughts on Wasp and Hole Cam. Just want to quickly hit the Gambit and Nokia for me. I kind of love Gambit. Yeah. I just think that's a really powerful ability. And now that it's like on an actual unit, it's it's a good thing. Uh, I do. I do. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on this. I do want to say, like, you know, I don't think you personally are an idiot. I just think it might. I, I honestly thought it was a pretty effective way of getting the point across, like sort of Red Foreman esque. Uh, that 70s show reference for all the zoomers out there is what I thought I was doing. So I do apologize genuinely if I, I, I would feel bad if someone was listening to this and just like ended up this ended up making their day worse. Like it compounds on top of a bad beat. No one enjoys having a bad beat and then being told it's your own fault. But I do think that it's really important to engage with a system like this with, you know, your brain in control and not your gambling addict. Mm, What about my lizard brain? (laughs) Yeah, not that. Anyway, as far as Nakia, I don't actually think it's making the cut in Surfer yet. Gambit, I'm way more interested in in Surfer because it's just like that's just a good ability to have. Like, I, I, there are so there's no way there, there are two ways around it. Blowing something up yeah. is good at that price point. It just is good, and I, I don't know if you can always afford to do it. I don't know if it goes in every build, but I'm glad there's been some experimentation with him. I'm way more into the game in the Lambie build where I was like playing Black Cat and Ghost Rider. I'm so much more into Gambit than I am the other two. Yeah. <laughs> Gambit is awesome. Well, and the other two are okay. This now must discard a card to destroy cards, act to destroy anything. 
that's kind of important, right? Because you can't do like the Wong stuff anymore where you would destroy, you know, like that. You can just put Swarm in your deck. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I was... I was thinking the deck will be exactly as good as it used to be, I promise you. Mm. Which is to say, don't Garbage. <laughs> yes. All right, Cam, you posted some decks recently on your Twitter. Are there any that you want to highlight specifically that you think are very effective right now? Maybe we can shy away from bounce a little bit. Oh, no bounce? Okay, that, that actually clears it up a little bit. That Patriot list is really good. All uh, right, let's read it out, though. Let's, Patri- read, let's read it okay. out. Um, so the Patriot I list for the... What was that? And Thanos. And Thanos. Okay, so Patriot list for the audio listeners is Wasp, Mr. Sinister, Invisible Woman, Mystique, Patriot, Brood, Killmonger, Shang-Chi, Iron Lad, Blue Marvel, Doctor Doom, Ultron. So what changes have you made that are meta-relevant, and why has this emerged into, or is in a better spot than it was prior to the recent patch? I've made zero changes. It's the same damn deck. It was good last week, it's good this week, but nobody plays it, and I don't know why. That's actually my entire pitch here is uh, this is one of the five best decks in the game Mm -hmm. and nobody plays it. Zero people play this deck. And that is an absolute mistake because a lot more than zero people should be playing this deck. Like people are playing like this is a severely underplayed archetype. It has a lot of ability to attack multiple lanes. It has the ability to include the Killmonger Shang-Chi package. It's really, really good while also being excellent with counterplay. You have a ton of interesting stuff to stick under Invisible Woman. It's the only deck where Invisible Woman actually does double duty. In most of the other decks, she's just hiding mm-hmm. a Killmonger, hiding a Shang or whatever. In here, she's also protecting you. It's just good. And its worst matchup, to my mind, was the High Evolutionary Lockdown deck. And now that, or High Evolutionary Lockjaw deck. And now that that's not around, like, there's a ton of room to to play around with this deck right now. Like, it is just great. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to be like, oh, Iron Lad and Ultron, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you, you have to. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have you to do can. that. I'm like, <laughs> you, you can. You, you can, can do a lot do more with Iron Lad than you think. I mean, in the right, in the right yep. context. I mean, it's not as bad as, as people think, I guess. If you play it without ever considering that Iron Lad could hit Ultron, maybe you could put yourself in a yep. sticky situation. But outside of that, it's totally fine. It's um, also like people are like, oh, Iron Lad Mystique. And it's like, no, 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 no. You still need Mystique. <laughs> you yeah. actually, you still want Mystique because your whole backup plan <laughs> is Patriot Mystique Ultron. It's still awesome. You have Patriot Mystique. You put like a Killmonger somewhere. You blow up their stuff. And you put an Ultron. You put like a Killmonger under Invisible Woman. You put an Ultron after the Killmonger under an Invisible Woman. It's 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 heat. We had this conversation like over a month ago, which was with the original list where the Mystique was in there in the Iron Lad. It's like, okay, but can we get rid of Mystique because it's the only Iron Lad miss? I mean, Mystique is so powerful that it being an Iron Lad miss, I think is okay. It's just like you're gonna you're gonna hit those games sometimes, but you're right. It's your backup plan. It gives you a lot of reach in the deck. When I cut Mystique from this list, which a lot of lists did post that list, you know, initially becoming quite popular, I feel it. You know, I feel I feel a yeah. lot more narrow in what I can do, especially in the in the later game and some of the sort of decision trees that are open to me while playing uh while playing Patriot Thanos. Thanos it is. All right. W's only is the title of the deck. Psylocke, Luke Cage, Jeff, Cosmo, Shang Chi, Iron Lad, Blue Marvel, Devil Dinosaur, Professor X, Claw, Spider Man Thanos. Just walk me through it. So this deck's actually just really simple. Uh, the only thing you want to do is play Professor X on turn four. Okay, that's it. That's the whole deck. You want to play Professor X on turn four. You time stone, you Psylocke, you Professor X. They lose. That's it. Whole deck. We're done. 
<laughs> there's actually there's actually like it's it's actually there's like there people are gonna be like oh it's a Thanos deck it's so complex no it's fucking not you you do Professor X on turn four that's it that's what you do yeah I'm assuming this deck just absolutely destroys bounce like uh yeah. actually honest to god see this is the deck that uh w the former wwlos w by the way by the time this podcast comes out my interview with him about this deck will be up on my youtube channel can best in a snap check that out but uh he beat leandro leal with it in the in the final in the uh quarterfinals of the tournament and i watched that match a he high rolled an iron lad profex hell yeah B, Leandro lost at least six cubes because he had Falcon instead of Jeff because he does not own Jeff. Hmm. So when you say you're like, oh, this deck beats Bounce, like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Profex and Spider-Man are not great for Bounce. You have... Yeah, no, like, if you do that, it's good, but it's far from unbeatable because if the Bounce deck is playing Jeff, you're just like, because your, your margins are so small in those lanes. Yeah. This deck does not have a lot of power, Right. One thing I was thinking about is we need, probably need to cut Cosmo for America Chavez. Okay. Not just because we want to draw our stones earlier, but also because, unironically, you kind of are going to want to play America Chavez a decent amount of the time because you do not have a lot of beef in the deck. It's pretty much just Dino and Thanos and everything else is very mid. And so a lot of your Professor X lanes, you're winning them by like one or two. And an opposing Jeff can absolutely fuck you up in those lanes. Yeah. So I do think that like if the bounce deck is playing Jeff, it is it is a much, much closer matchup because unless your everything is rolling downhill, you end up in these awkward situations. One thing that turn four profex does do that I think it might not do in the future. Uh it protects you against Killmonger. People are really greedy with their killmongers against Thanos. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lot of slick stuff like you go like space stone, time stone into Profex, move a bunch of stuff into the Profex lane kind of thing. And that way you protect all your ones and end up more likely to win the Profex lane, stuff like that. Like that is those kind of plays are the things you're going to need to be doing with this deck. Yeah. Make no mistake. This is a Profex deck. So I understand that Psylocke is progressing your your game plan, like like you said. Yeah. But yeah. I remember or at least I, I've known you to be a Psylocke hater. Yes. Like as soon as we see Psylocke in a deck, it's like you've kind of lost KM. This one is this has this changed your mind? Is it that powerful yes. in this deck? Yep. To turn four. Yes. Okay. Like the, the again, I cannot overstate this. Your whole deck is Professor X on turn four. That's the whole deck. That's it. That's the only thing you want to do. The entire game. If your whole deck is that. That is what you're doing. We are running five five drops. We never want to be playing them. Any, like we want to be playing those on four mm -hmm. as much as we possibly can. Yeah. What um what does your matchup spread sort of look like in the current meta? Like you said, bounce maybe favored, but not insanely. Like what else are you sort of preying upon with this? I think the thing with Thanos decks is their matchup spreads are always like a little bit close to 50-50 because there is so much variance involved in them. There are so many things they can do. In terms of decks you just really don't want to see, uh, Darkhawk decks with Killmonger, Nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, you have, I think even the bounce decks, with like Killmonger is a card you really just, you are not interested in that. You just have to play every game assuming all of your stones are going to die. And that's that really sucks. Um, 
because the stones are a lot of how you win your Profex game. So if they get priority early, then play like a Killmonger on the turn you Profex. You might just lock yourself into a lost Profex lane. Uh, the bounceless bounce deck, Killmonger and Jeff is just like, oof. But mo for the most part, your job when you play this deck is to scam people. You want to get them involved in bullshit eight cubers that they think they're going to win, that they're not going to win because you're playing stuff like Claw, right? Mm -hmm. You want to go turn four Profex, turn five Spider-Man, and they're just completely unable to play cards in two lanes, right? You want to do things that are just like wildly unfair. And when you do those things, you need to capitalize in terms of cubes. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. The you've also got the pay to win Thanos in here. It actually comes with the sixth stone, the Flavino, Flavino Thanos, one of the one of the best variants. Just have to highlight that. Um, all right. I'm just gonna close it out with bounce because you know we're not gonna talk about yeah, it too no, much. If on you want if you wanna if you wanna win stuff, if you don't win stuff, play bounce. But yeah. I do have here, I'm actually gonna send you a deck I wanna I wanna talk about. All right, you gotta read uh, it out because I can't look at my Discord while we when because I, I got the cams up. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Well, while you're finding it, I'm just going to call it. Oh, no, I found it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is uh, Johnson Irim's build of Galactus Electro. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Nebula, Electro, Wave, Shang-Chi, Sandman, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Zola, Leader, Doom, Galactus, Odin. All right. Okay, so that is a ramp deck with Galactus, right? Yes, and the idea with the Galactus is you lose a lot of Patriot matchups with with uh, with this deck, right? And so if you are a, a, a an Electro deck, the famous counter has always just been, well, we'll just play Patriot and play like one card a turn and you die anyway, right? Like <laughs> you just die to like Ultron and Doom and stuff, right? But a Patriot deck is actually almost never beating a Galactus. Well. They have debris, which helps sometimes. They don't run that a lot, though. I guess the three the three cost is pretty tight nowadays. Um, they don't run a lot of debris. Yeah, because you can and run so, like, Killmonger you, instead. Right, you're running Killmonger and stuff instead. So if they're not running debris, you actually get to just throw this Galactus in here. Another line I wanted to point out with this that I think is just fucking amazing is you have the Spider-Man with the Galactus, right? Yeah. You, you, go, you go Electro into Spider-Man into Arnim Zola. Yeah. <laughs> That, that just makes me so happy. Like, just, just an infinite number more ways to just be the worst person alive. I like I, I, one thing I did note though is I wanted to get Chavez in here because drawing Electro, drawing Wave, very important. Uh, I talked to Johnson on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, is there anything I can drop for Chavez here?" He was like, "Yeah, you can drop Shang Chi for Chavez here." So makes sense, is, right? Uh, drop that would do there. But like, oh my god. Spider-Man Zol. Why haven't we thought of this before? Because why your, haven't your we been retreats? <laughs> so what? You just deck. get him involved. You, yeah, no. Who cares? You get him involved in a game that they think they're super ahead on, and then you fucking Zola the Spider-Man. <laughs> That's so good. Man. That's so heinous, man. <laughs> he goes Spider-Man into Zola. Oh God, that's gross. And I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I really do. What happened to um, the Venom decks that Lambie was really touting the past few weeks? Has kind of come off those? Have you seen them being played anymore? It was it was kind of the they new were thing. Always high roll decks, right? 
like that that's what they were right they win when they draw shuri, shuri and then and when they don't run. draw shuri yeah. it's yeah. just like oh my god this shuri doesn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad all right so uh, i'm gonna i want to call out the bounce deck just for people just so they can have the list um so i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you the list uh for the the galactus list on twitter oh, so you can put you. it on the so but the, keep in mind that i would play uh the outplay Chavez uh, over Shang. Chavez over Shang, yeah. The bounce list is Kitty Pride, Bast, Spider Ham, Iceman, Angela, Hitmonkey, Jeff, Mysterio, Bishop, Beast, Iron Man, Chavez. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this deck so much that we're not going to cover it on this podcast, but it's a very, very good deck, especially if you're looking to climb and conquest. Even with people targeting you, this deck is really, really good. Um, yep. And- uh, Leandro Leal went 7 0 with a bad version of the deck in the most recent Snap Battle Arena, losing only to the eventual winner, and only because, in my opinion, he was running the bad version of the deck without Jeff. Yeah, I was I was running the bad version too, I guess. I was running the with the Shang-Chi, but I was hyper-tech for the, the Lockjaw. Dude, Jeff is so messed up, man. Yeah, like, I, I think I was especially if for more people are... If, especially if more people are going to be playing this like Thanos crap. Oh, yeah. Jeff, oh, is, yeah. Jeff just becomes like the most important card of all time. It's just another... Uh, another yeah. Go ahead. Another deck worth highlighting from my list is Shuri. Okay. Kitty Pride, Nebula, Spider-Ham, Angela, Luke Cage, Armor, Jeff, Shuri, Taskmaster, Captain Marvel, Red Skull, America Chavez. I have... This deck is... Uh, so, Mickey has been pushing me to play this deck for, like, two months. Mm-hmm. Like He's like, this is awesome. And it's got a great matchup spread. And I've just been like, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I just don't like, I don't feel like we go tall enough against Lockjaw. I don't feel like we go tall enough against Bounce. And then they nerf Lockjaw. And suddenly it's like, oh, I see it now, right? Because now, instead of being afraid of two matchups, we're like kind of afraid of Bounce, but maybe we can get close there. I don't think we can, but like, you know, we can have to like, we can like pick our spots, right? Like, obviously we're in a lot of trouble with the Iron Man. But we can, we can pick our spots and try stuff, Yeah. But against Evo, oh my god, this deck farms High Evolutionary mm. now. Like, this deck puts High Evolutionary in the dumpster, man. Not just the, like, splash loot cage, which is actually, like, a lot of people are playing, like, oh, I'm playing Shadow King, oh, I'm playing Valkyrie. No, you're not. Those aren't real cards. You're not playing those. Get out of here. We have a loot cage, right? Not just that, but also just, like, your numbers are actually bigger than theirs now. 28 is bigger than your their Hulk. And so if you win the lane that they're lockjawing with your giant Red Skull, you will also beat their Hulk in another lane. And <laughs> so funny that because is... both decks both decks actually suffer the same weakness. If you beat the the Shuri deck in its Red Skull lane, you win. If you beat the Lockjaw deck in its Lockjaw lane, yep. you win. <laughs> no, but like, that's a fundamental thing in Marvel Snap, right? Yeah, is you flip the lane they're counting on. Yeah. That's 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 what you that's what makes decks good. And that's what the downfall of decks is, is built around. Right. So like one thing that I should point out is like you're often going to red skull off of their lockjaw lane, because obviously if you red skull in their lockjaw lane, like it's it's a big ass number of like they're giving them a lot of points. Right. But if you red skull off the lockjaw lane into like an empty ish lane, yeah. it's fair. And then you taskmaster in the lockjaw lane, you play like a kitty pride or whatever. The other yeah. thing to understand about this deck is what you're actually trying to do a lot of the time is you go Kitty Pride into Shuri on the on turn five, and then turn six you play Kitty Pride on the Shuri lane with a Taskmaster, and it's just like twenty and twenty. Interesting. Yeah. So one of this one of the things this deck is la- was lacking or is kind of lacking 
I guess Kitty Pride sort of makes up for that. It's interesting to see Kitty mm-hmm. in a Shuri list is that one cost that goes is, is played in addition to the Taskmaster on turn six, right? You know, sometimes Taskmaster, um, I forget the the one five, whatever, Titania, you know, those kind of things. Taskmaster zero, stuff like that. I guess the Kitty Pride can be a substitute that if you draw it early enough and probably beats the um at least the zero quite often. Uh very, very zero often. is a card we actually because like the people who are really messing around with this deck. Uh, Mickey, me, and what am I? Zero is a card we really wanted to get in there, actually. Really? I just couldn't find a cut that I actually liked well enough. But like Zero getting in there, it does a couple things. One is if they're waving us on turn five, Zero turns off Kitty so she doesn't come back to your hand, which you might think that's like not actually that good. It's pretty good if you want to make sure she stays on the board and then your turn six is like a Captain Marvel or whatever, right? Like there's there's some stuff that zero does there. Obviously, it turns off uh, Red Skull. But like, I think also it's just if you don't draw Kitty early, it's going to be a better play than her. Right. On the final turn of the game. And that does matter some amount of the time. I just didn't feel like I could actually go up to four. uh, One cost cards in the deck. I just didn't seem like something I could reasonably do. Yeah, makes sense. Awesome. Well, Cam, anything to close out with before uh, I wrap us up for the week? Didn't get to talk about your epic takes on Dakin or Dakin. Right? Yeah, if anybody knows how to <laughs> freaking pronounce this. This it's upcoming okay. Card. It's okay. Uh, I, I, you know how I feel about upcoming cards. They're not real till they come out. One thing I do want to ask you about, though, uh, we were wrong about how Echo worked. How does it work? I don't even. I didn't. She know works on every card. Okay. Well, remind me every, what Echo, remind me every, what Echo every does. Every ongoing card played at her location gets turned off. Every one of your opponent's cards. Okay. I so, thought she was one shot. She's actually more like ongoing Cosmo. What are the stats of Echo again? One two. One two. I mean, so that's I mean that's a relatively competitive stat line for for one drops. I actually think she might be literally better if she was two, three with that stat line. I think that's like that's an awesome card. Yeah. But one means uh, Killmonger. <laughs> like, unironically, True. like it sucks because like dies to Doomblade is not a good argument, except it actually is in Marvel Snap. <laughs> like yeah. Killmonger is so common that it's just like you're often just getting your guy dead. Now, I, I do think that like that actually makes her like a pretty compelling card. I- I'm interested. I- I'm not going to say I'm not saying I'm going to roll on her. But I'm going to think about it. So do you have any idea? Sorry, this is a tangent, but it is relevant. Do you have any idea what Dakin does? No. Let me read this to you. Let me read this to you. It's going long, but we're going to do this because I think this card is actually kind of relevant for Killmonger. Every time we're like, let's do a short one, it goes long. Yeah, I (laughs) know. Literally every time. All right, Dakin. Three, four. It says, on reveal, add the Muramasa shard to your hand. What does that do, you might ask? Well, the Miramasa shard is a 1-1, and it says, when this is discarded or destroyed, double Dakin's power. So your Dakin becomes a 3-8. So that Killmonger can hit your Miramasa shard when you play it on 4, potentially with another 3 job. Is that a terrible curve? Is it, is it, would, would this not work in any Isn't sort of... Isn't that just... I, it's not better Thor, but it's like lower upside Thor. Higher, higher, higher consistency, lower upside Thor. Yeah, if it's, but you have to, so the thing is, you have to be this. I think you need a way to destroy it as well or discard the, the shard, but also if, I don't know, in like a mono Killmonger meta, these people's Killmongers are giving you effectively four more power. And it, it, by the way, Dakin also says, 
double Dakin's power. So it's not Dakin gets plus four. Yes. Um, it just uh, the ceiling on that could be. I just higher. think I, I, the thing is, I actually wouldn't want to invest in him past that. I feel like yeah, because Shang Chi. Yeah. Right. I I just want to play him as like oh that's a three eight. I didn't, even, cool. I didn't even think about it in the Shang-Chi. I just think like, I don't know what cards. I, I wouldn't play like Forge or something like that with this card. Like, no, uh, I think three. I, I mean, is actually, I don't know. Like, it, like generally, I prefer cards that stand on their own. True. But like, if there's a deck that he slots into that is already doing something powerful that he has extra synergy with. Yeah, you could talk me into it. I just don't know what that deck would look like. Right. Like, I don't think I would build that deck around him. But like, if, you know. Maybe he makes sense in their Shuri deck where yeah. you play him as a three, eight and then blow up the thing. I don't know if that'll make sense. Maybe he makes sense as just like a good card in Thanos, which is very good at weaving in one cost. True. I don't know. Yeah, the, it's just the Miramasa the Miramasa shard is interesting in the context of Killmonger being probably one of the most. I don't know. It's one of the best cards in Marvel Snap. It is just so universally used and you see you know, a lot of decks able to slot that in is like the tech, one of the tech cards. It, it, I so many things am actually really interested when you think about it in playing that card in like Thanos death. I, oh, yeah, Thanos death. I mean, I could see that for sure. That actually seems like it's a good card. It feeds your stuff, gives you more stuff to kill. I'm a little interested in that. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. It looks good. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, we definitely tangent there. Weren't planning to talk about that. And anyway, for those of you listening, if you're listening on audio platforms, there's a video version of this on YouTube at youtube.com slash Arsenal Pass. If you enjoy the podcast... At, what, at youtube.com slash what? Oh, shit. Never heard of the... Uh, <coughs> run that back. YouTube.com slash the snapshot. Sorry, I had a little Freudian slip there. Um, you, you, you got that one wrong, too. What did I say? I said this at the... It's the, the underscore snapshot, right? For those of you listening on audio, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, listen to Cam. Cam, why don't you close this out? You got this. I'm out. I'm retired. God, I hope I do. <laughs> for, for for those of you listening on audio platforms, uh, you can find this video version of this podcast on YouTube at the underscore snapshot. We are also on Twitter. He is at Brendan APG. I am at KM Best MS. And my streaming schedule is pretty much most days you're going to be able to log on to twitch.tv at 6 p.m. Eastern time and see me playing Marvel Snap at a pretty damn high level. Uh, I promise I will do my best not to call you an idiot if you come into my chat and say, KM, I opened three caches and didn't get the card I want. I promise I will try. Uh, as always, for Brendan APG, I have been KM Best. Would you like to add anything to that, Brendan, or did I do it correctly? Like and subscribe, please. Please. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.